I do. And I don't. Welcome to I Do and I Don't Show with Joel Van Vliet and Kat Skinner. It's a Monday. We're just pleased as punch to be here. And what is this show, Kat? This show? This show. This podcast show. This very show? It is a marriage and long-term committed relationship advice podcast. And this advice comes to you by people who are somewhat experienced and almost professional. Right. And then also someone who is absolutely not anything near either of those things. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but you might figure it out throughout the duration of the show. Okay. Every Monday, you're going to hear a new episode. And so you better hit that subscribe button. That's right. Um, on whatever podcast app you're using. And uh, rate and subscribe. Actually, we'll do the podcast first, and then you can you know, go, yeah, we really do want to actually rate this quite high. That's right. And give us reviews and stuff like that. But we won't ask for it yet. We'll ask for it at the end. Yeah. We're, we're going to give to you first. And then That's right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can give it back to us. But right. I also think that we should thank all the people who have been listening. Ooh. The first three episodes mm. in the can and sending in their love we and amazing love ratings. Yay. Please, yeah, please keep sharing We've it. got some pretty, uh, you know, exciting reviews that made me cry. And I, I know, actually, we had a good cry together, didn't we? Did, we did, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, but by the way, happy tears. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for that. And we should actually mention the uh, format of the show a little bit. That's right. So we get your questions. Our listeners send questions. Anyone can send a question, and they're always anonymous. That's correct. And Kat gets the questions. Yes. So I read them, I prepare them, I group them into show themes, I guess. She does a lot of this uh, work where, you know, trying to make a meaningful show. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying. Is that what it is? I'm really trying, Joel. <laughs> and then I come along and I say, forget all that nonsense. And I derail it and I say, let me shoot from the hip. Mm-hmm. Let me speak with my gut. Yeah, basically we take your emotional and romantic experience like an Etch-a-Sketch mm. where we try to create something that has some form and then Joel just picks it up and shakes the shizzle out of it. Yeah, Kat's been doing these, trying to do these circles on the Etch-a-Sketch for ages yeah. and we all know that that's basically impossible. Impossible. And I go, forget all that nonsense, <laughs> which yeah. is the sound official sound of an Etch-a-Sketch and then uh, we go from there. So we have some questions for you. We do. Uh, are you ready to I'm ready. jump right in? Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. Our first question is, how can I just let my partner have negative feelings without trying to take on their problems or trying to fix things? Do you want me to take a stab at this first? Yeah. Why don't you do that? Sure. I have one thought. Okay. So the first thing I, that I thought of when I read this was that sometimes when people are venting, it's not because they want you to say anything necessarily. They don't mm-hmm. want advice or help or a solution. Sometimes they just need a sounding board. So that was my first point. This is the classic, and, and it'd be interesting to know, and I don't want to get sexist, but it'd be interesting to, to know the gender of this mm-hmm. asker. That's true. And my assumption is that the person asking the question, well, it could go either way, but is 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 possibly male. There's a thing where uh, men want to be fixers. Mm -hmm. And so when a woman uh, or a significant other starts complaining and moaning about things, they (laughs) (laughs) start... Classic woman, eh? When they just start moaning and uh, carrying on like that, 
and you just want to put them in a room and tell them to shut up or whatever, but you don't, you listen. And then what you end up doing is uh, trying to come up with solutions to whatever their various problems are, right? So you go, well, this is how we could fix that. And like you say, uh, a lot of times people, some girls just want to go, I don't want a solution. I just want to be able to complain. Yes, some men also are happy to just have somebody to vent to. Right. So, and and there's also that other thing where women are very nurturing and they want to fix everyone's problem. And sometimes, you know, these stories where somebody might be sitting there and they don't even want to talk, but they're maybe a little down or they're just tired. Mm-hmm. And you get these people that are going, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Can you, why didn't you just talk to me? What's wrong? Why are you sitting there? What is, what's wrong? Is it me? You know? And you just go, just leave me alone. Yeah. You know? So how'd you just let somebody alone with their stupid feelings? Mm, well, let's, let's not call the feelings stupid. They're always stupid. Hey, by the way, and this is something that people are not going to say, but feelings are usually stupid. And it's, that's <laughs> because they're feelings. Like if you think, you can logically break things down. But when you feel, there's no logic to it. You're just feeling. So they're usually pretty dumb. You know, well, I always like to tell people not to judge their emotions. So, because them, they're probably stupid. N- no, that's not the reasoning okay. that I approach it with. I think that, you know, we have emotions that serve us well and some that don't. Most they just that don't, right? Overcomplicate things for us. But in moving through emotion, if you're going to judge it and therefore judge yourself for feeling it, it's not really counterproductive at all. It, it, is, it counterproductive. is counterproductive. <laughs> it's entirely counterproductive. Right. Um, yeah. um, it, because feelings are, you can finish, I'll finish it, stupid. Now, we could say irrational. They are. So when, you, when we talk about emotional intelligence, and we're going down in a, a rabbit hole here already, but um, what is that? Is that having intelligent emotions or being intelligent with your emotions? Being intelligent with your emotions. Because you're always going to feel stupid feelings. Yeah, emotional intelligence is your capacity to express your emotions in a way that serves the situation and serves yourself. Right. So that has nothing to do with the question. But the so the question is, this person has emotions which are probably dumb. And negative feelings. How do you deal how do you let somebody just uh be negative? I think you gotta just walk away, like f- leave them in their dark squalor. Yes. Is that not true? No. I would say no. I would mm-hmm. I would say that the first thing that makes sense is to ask them what they need. Sometimes they won't know the answer to that question. And you can further help by saying, Are are you just did you just need an ear right now? Uh, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. Do you want to brainstorm this issue and see if we can come to a conclusion together? Do you want to see how I can help? Or say, look, you're being negative. I don't want you dragging me down. Um, so there's a mirror. You can just go talk to yourself and go on and on and on because obviously you don't want any solutions because I've tried that. So I'm just going to go over here and watch you know, some hilarious adult cartoon show <laughs> and, and you can uh, wallow in your misery and you can wallow in your misery well, and when you I need suppose that's an approach and by the way when you need uh help and a solution and you want somebody to be there for you in a real uh active way then you can come and talk to me but if you just want to complain and mope around then do that on your own because you're dragging me down 
Now, is that fine to say to someone? Um, I don't think that would classify you as the most supportive partner. I, at the end of the day, we have free will, so we right. can say whatever we, we, say we want whatever we to want. say. But if you want the kind of relationship where your partner feels comfortable talking to you about anything, you probably don't want to say that. Do you think that could snap them out of it? Is there any? Is there a world in which you can snap someone out of their mopiness? No. Like, you don't think that that is possible at all? No, I don't think so. I think that there are strategies you can use to help shift emotion. Right. Uh, but I don't think that ultimately people can snap out of it because sometimes snapping out of it is not even possible depending on what it is that they're dealing with. The other thing to do, like if you're in a relationship, because this is a person who's in a relationship mm-hmm. with that other person. Okay. Yeah. So another really good strategy, because we've already talked about, and it doesn't matter the gender. I think I was a little bit misled there for a second. But if you, regardless of who, if you're the guy in the relationship or the girl, if if one of the parties is feeling all mopey and, and pathetic and all those things and having stupid feelings, then the best thing to do, and I just thought of this, is to be as the other person when they go, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Um, I'm f- just feeling so fat lately, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just, I feel like such a blob. Instead of going like, well, how can we... Uh, do the you know work to get how get healthy and do the, instead of saying any sort of real solutions, just go like, you think you feel fat? I feel fat lately. I'm the big blob. Just always turn it around where you're the one that's feeling bad, because then their uh, instincts going to kick in where they want to fix you, and then they won't be feeling anything. For they'll their own com- issues completely anymore. forget their own problems. Well, that's an interesting strategy, and Joel. they'll start. <laughs> that's really good. No, it's not good. It's not good. And here's why that's not good, Joel. Okay. Because if you're doing that, if you're turning it around to be about yourself suddenly, you're not actually listening to your partner. Well, but one thing about active listening is that you repeat to them what Mm -hmm. they're saying. So you're saying you feel fat lately Mm -hmm. and it's making you feel down about yourself. I feel fat lately and I'm feeling down about myself. You see, so you are, they know you're listening. <laughs> and stealing their thunder. And then you're just taking away. Mm-hmm. You think you feel bad? Look at this. You show them your gut or whatever. Yeah. And you think you you're know. frustrated about work? My job sucks harder than yours. Right. You think you've got cellulite? Look at my ass, mm-hmm. you know? And that sort of thing, that turning it around, they'll be like, oh, wow, I thought I was feeling bad, but now I have to put that aside and I have to help my partner because I'm a nurturing or I'm a fix-it person or whatever. And I think that's really, now that I'm really thinking about it clearly, the only possible solution to this question. I'm going to disagree again, Joel. All right. So what was your, you give your solution. Did you already give we, it? Well, it was, we have two from you. So my my approach, <laughs> not that anyone's counting, but... Uh, two very, very good two solutions. Two very, very untenable solutions. <laughs> Um, so I think my approach would be to determine whether or not they actually wanted any advice in that moment or if they just needed an ear. And then instead of trying to offer solutions, there are other things you can do that can be helpful. So like suggest a, a change of scenery, go for a walk, move some way physical so that they're shifting their headspace to some extent. Uh, maybe just have them step away from whatever the circumstances that's driving them crazy or upsetting them. Like Do something to distract them for a little bit. Uh, draw them a comic strip. That that's very cute too. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you can't draw, uh, get a camera, take pictures of all the separate frames of the comic strip, 
and then just go on to any sort of Photoshop or anything like that, get a speech bubble, and then put in the text of the person talking. And you can even use them as the other person in the comic strip, and they'll just have a mopey <laughs> face, but you can just play the other character, and they'll mm -hmm. be like, what are you doing? And then when you show them that comic where they're all mopey and you're going, hey, cheer up, buttercup, you know, I don't know, that's not good, but like whatever the joke is that you get for your comic strip, um, they'll love that. Joel's going to start an arts and crafts podcast as well. So I feel like we've answered this question. We've answered that question professionally, almost professionally. And uh, by the way, if people, if anyone listens to our podcast and thinks we got it wrong or whatever, um, they should send us uh, feedback on our, uh, maybe to our Instagram or something. Yeah, absolutely. To, uh, I, do, I do and I don't show. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, send us a message or whatever. Mm. Maybe we'll do like a bonus episode where we... Uh, we air we, people's grievances. Absolutely. Listener li listener letters. Yeah, we'll say, well, we said this, and they don't think that that was a good idea. No. But yeah, so uh, feel free to do that or comment on whatever. So our second question. Our second question. Hey, guys, I've listened to every one of your shows. All three. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated listener. Wow. Die hard. This is probably my mom. <laughs> I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on gross misrepresentation of appearance in online dating apps and sites. Okay, this is getting, by the way, I think people are missing the premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is about relationship stuff. And like, what yeah. if you're looking to meet someone to All have right, a so let's assume this person wants to get married to a real person yeah. on a dating app. So hey, I, I'm a wedding officiant, for those of you who don't know. I would say almost half my couples have met on dating apps and more specifically on Tinder. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Who isn't meeting on it? Like, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, once upon a time, you had three people that you could possibly marry, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if it was at school or, you know, even, even if you went to university or, but typically, you know, you grow up and it's some friends of friends or whatever. You got the smallest little pool. Yeah. Now you have like unlimited. There's just more and more and more people and you got all the choice in the world. Mm -hmm. And some people will kind of mourn the day when, oh, there were less. I, what, who's, who is worried about that? Like, why is that not the best like, why is not now the best case scenario where we have all of the people, you know, you're definitely going to, like, end up with somebody, not definitely, but you could hook up with somebody that, mm, not the best match, but mm. of the three people, they were the best, you know? And now the pool is much bigger. So now you're definitely going to be able to go, oh, yeah, no, no good, no good, no, left, 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 left. But do you think that's a bad scenario that we're in? Like, no, I that... think it's a positive thing, but yeah. I hear... And usually it's from older people. Wow. Like, no, I know, but it's <laughs> That's just... That's because they're sad that they had to marry one of the three people <laughs> in their village. Well, I was... Uh... Just think if they had gone on to the next Hamlet, what could have <laughs> happened to them? It would have just blown their minds. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the question is, why... What are, the, what are our thoughts on gross misrepresentation of appearance in online dating apps and sites? Well, my first thought is... Um, have you had that happen? Like, have you gone out on a date with someone who you've met online like, and then you see them in real life and you're like, they're Whoa. physically di uh, they, entirely different? Not don't. really. No. No. I have. You have. Yeah, I have. I've, I think it probably happens both ways. I mean, 
look, can we talk about um, just filters? Yeah, like filters. Snapchat filters or Instagram filters. Your eyes are a bit bigger. Your I 100% use clearer. filters. Like, <laughs> I definitely do. Everyone's picture on dating sites or most are filtered. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to kind of learn to look past that a little bit and go, okay, the person isn't going to look exactly like that. That's right. Um, but I wouldn't say that's a gross misrepresentation. That's just like... No, it's just a little bit of tweaking, like mm-hmm. Photoshop. But when you're it, when it's like the eyes are bigger, that's crazy to me. Yeah, no, I don't use those kind of filters. Like I don't mind... Like obviously if you're you're going to look like you have a shiny face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like your entire cheekbone yeah. has been airbrushed. I think, you know, I think when it comes into uh, like problem territory is if you're using a photo of yourself that's like 10 years younger that ha- that's what happened to right. me so the person that I met up with was definitely not the age of the photos they had posted mm. and they lived hard between that photo Eesh. shoot and the present day <laughs> <laughs> and you know like and I, I see this with women a lot too where they post just a photo of their chest and their head because maybe they're like a full figure body type and they don't have a body shot that they right. love right. I feel very strongly that you should just post that like find a great photo that looks like you and shows off your body and Mm -hmm. how you look because if you want to meet someone to have something at all lasting or worthwhile you need them to want you based on how you are right and we all want to as a disclaimer to what I'm about to say next we all want to be appreciated for who we are inside and that's what's most important and everything like that. But of course, physical attraction is also very important. Yeah, we all need some curb appeal. Um, But, you know, this, we could also talk about even in, (laughs) even in person when you meet somebody, when their bra is so padded um, that it looks like they basically have a Muppet on their chest an upside down baby in their shirt yeah that's right and then when the bra comes off like if if i'm somebody who loves large breasts mm-hmm. and i'm like ooh, this is exciting this woman looks like she has beautiful breasts mm-hmm. and then the bra comes off, off and she has these little tiny things that were hidden in you know six inches of padding um you know that might be disappointing for somebody who's into breasts in a certain way. Right. So why ever misrepresent yourself in those ways? Yeah. Somebody's going to enjoy beautiful little boobies. Absolutely. You know, and then, and there's never, there's not really much reason unless you want to be with people who aren't going to appreciate you for who you are. There's no real reason yeah, to I, and I wonder. Yourself. I wonder about that strategy too. Like what is your game plan when you post photos that are so retouched and so not at all how you look? What do you plan to do once you get in the room with the person and they actually see what you look like? Like what, where do you go from there? I've heard, I've heard uh, girls tell me about little dates that they've had where, you know, the guy in the picture has like, is like 80 pounds thinner than the guy that shows up. And, um, and he's, he not only like, he's not apologetic, mm-hmm. he's angry if that, I mean, this story, he, he was like, uh, upset with her for not really being into the new version of himself, you know, like, oh, you can't see past this or whatever. Like, what a bad strategy. Absolutely. Get like, new photos. Now you're going to even be angry. You're going to 
fault the other person for going, no, no, I was into that guy. I'm not into this guy, you know, like, and then you, then the bad attitude, like you can't, how do you save that? You have to be the nicest, sweetest person on the face of the planet. Yeah. And, and apologetic. Oh dear, I haven't updated those photos. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> come up with some sort of lie. Yeah. It's know? ridiculous. It's like basic marketing, right? Like you need, if you're trying to sell the product, you have to represent the product in a way that is both appealing, but also representative of mm-hmm. the actual deal. Mm-hmm. I had a strategy when I was using dating apps where like if I started to talk to someone and it was going well with messaging and chatting, I would insist on a phone call because I mm-hmm. I spent like a month getting to know someone who I thought was attractive based on their photos and we had this really great exchange back and forth and then we had one phone call and they had the most high-pitched nasally <laughs> voice. It just, I, I was trying to imagine even sitting for an hour with this person listening to them right. talk and they also had a laugh that was like a machine gun fire. I just could not. I know that makes me sound so shallow. Well, you got to listen. You get, like there's, all of the senses are going to be, like you need to be attracted with all your senses in a sense. Yeah. Innocence. <laughs> Innocence. Are there more? Is there more wordplay we can find? Here? Um, but like you know, sometimes it's just like that. Uh, this someone sent, you mm-hmm. know, and the way like you can see all the pictures in the world, but the way they move their mouth might just make you bug crazy. you so Speaking much. Speaking of moving your mouth, I've been tonguing myself since we started recording because I had. To- <laughs> She's flexible, boys and girls. <laughs> I got dental work done. And so I'm sorry if I sound kind of lispy and drooly for this particular one. And I'm sorry they keep making those weird faces at you, Joel. <laughs> I'm into it. But th- <laughs> this is, I, I want to uh, like just put a button on this thing. Yes. Uh, the best way to avoid any of this nonsense is to meet somebody as soon as you possibly can. You know, talk to them for three three messages back and forth and then say let's grab coffee or something and then you see them and you go oh this isn't the person in the pictures and then you can just walk away um or you can you know try to get to know them a little bit maybe they're still attractive um in other ways or you'll see past the whatever who cares but the point is Meet them quicker, and then you're not wasting, like you said, a month of your time yeah. getting to know a person. There's no reason to do that. That's the dumbest thing in the world because <laughs> Thanks, everything <Joel>. – you <laughs> <laughs> you made a huge mistake. Because everything you're going to learn about that person is sort of a, the visceral experience of meeting them. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many intangibles that you can't know until you're in a room with someone. Right. As so you said. Meet them, meet them, meet them, and uh, and that's it. Okay. Well, we're on question number three already. Whoa. I know. We're nailing it. Okay, question number three. Mm-hmm. I'm in a relationship that's about seven months old. How can I take time for myself without seeming rude or distant? So how can this person um, take a little break from the relationship without seeming rude? Because mm-hmm. it's all, it always seems sort of offensive when you're like, I don't want to spend time with you. Yeah, I don't think they want to break from the relationship. I think they just want to spend some just time some, on their own. Some special, some downtime. Yeah, some solo well, time. Why don't you want me around? You know, that's always oftentimes the reaction if someone is maybe a little bit more insecure, mm-hmm. right? Possibly. Um, the thing, The first thing that pops into my mind as probably the best case scenario, the best solution would be to... Um, actually literally break up um 
just for however long, like if it's a day, they need a day <laughs> off or a night off or whatever, just say, I don't want to be with you anymore. I think we should break up. <laughs> that person's going to be like, you know, just spinning out on their own somewhere, you know, crying or whatever. But you'll have that time to relax and take it easy. But also there's that excitement of, ooh, can I win the person back? And we all love the cat and mouse thing. We all love the chase. So the best thing to do is to, you know, yeah, break it off. Take your time off. If it's a night, two nights, you know, whatever. Hang out with the dudes or or the women or the girls. Go out with your bitches. And then... Afterwards, be like, ooh, ooh, I've got to win this person back. Show up at their door with flowers. Write them a song. Make them a comic. And, you know, whatever you have to do. And that's kind of exciting because they'll be like, oh, I thought this was over forever. I thought you didn't want to be with me. I feel loved again. I have attention again. This is great for me. You have the best sex you've ever had in the seven months you've been together. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then two weeks later, three weeks later, you break up with them again if you need another break. You need some more alone time. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do this without um, causing damage to the relationship long term. Like if somebody thought, "Oh, I don't want, I don't actually want to spend time with you," make sure they know you don't want to be with them at all. Because then always the winning back thing is always so such a positive experience. So the upside here is that you get to woo the other person again. Exactly. Okay. Well, I have a counter suggestion. What? Yeah, and I think this is a good time to start talking about attachment in relationship. You love it when I do this, I know. So there, there's recent research that is drawing parallels between the way we are attached as children to our parents mm-hmm. and the way we attach in adult relationships. Right. And there is a very excellent book as well called Attached that okay. explores this dynamic. And just to clarify, this isn't has anything to do with strap-ons or any sort of attachments no. that you would use in the bedroom? No, that that's for episode six. Okay. So wait for that one, folks. Um, we, <laughs> we attach in three ways, according to this book. So secure attached people are just that. They feel very secure and comfortable in the relationships that they're in. Anxious attached people are always afraid that they're going to have someone abandon them. Mm. And then avoidant attached people are the ones who shut down and go away when things get emotional. So you often see anxious people and avoidant people in dynamic together. And there's something that happens in that dynamic where anxious people start to associate the feelings of chasing someone and having them go away and having to get them back again as love. Mm. They feel like that is what love is supposed to feel like. Which in my scenario, that's... It's exactly what you're describing. Right, and so that's perfect. So that is a good thing. I don't think it is. I think that people oh. want to strive to be secure in their attachments so mm. that an, a more ideal scenario, to my mind, would be to be able to just look at your partner and say, I really enjoy this time we have together. I love spending time with you, but I would like to take a little bit of time on my own. So communicate. Communicate, yeah. Okay, can I ask you this, though? Mm -hmm. Um, With the three attachment styles, are you telling me that um, avoidant and anxious are wrong attachment styles? I don't know that there's anything wrong. It just is what it is. But they certainly do lead to a lot of problem. So these these are things that, like, if you could, the best thing would be to try to be, what was the third secure. one? Secure. Yeah, you, you, so secure is what we all want. You want to try to change your patterns and your responses in relationship to find a more secure state of attachment. So why are some people anxiously, have you read the book? Mm-hmm, I have. Why are some people anxiously attached? This is from their childhood? It can be childhood. Um, 
It could be early childhood abandonment experiences or having a, a parent that they have to constantly seek attention from because they're detached or non-responsive. Right. Um, it can then be previous relationship history as well because these patterns oh, tend to play out. Oh, because they've learned because their ex yeah. uh, always broke up with them whenever they wanted a night off. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, yeah. And of course, avoidant people are those who've been overwhelmed by huge displays of emotion in their experience of childhood and growing up as well. Oh, so you want to avoid that nonsense. Exactly. Oh, yeah. is this because like you feel bad if someone's constantly crying at you, like your mom constantly cried at you? Yeah, if your mom was a super emotional person so or like, you had a volatile household that you grew uh, up in, you actually learn to turn off in those scenarios uh, because it's too uncomfortable and doesn't feel safe to be present. Uh, and then so secure th- is... The secure people are usually the lucky ones who grew up without a lot of bumps and scrapes along the way. And they're just sitting there going like, I can take anything. Basically, yeah. And you know they can see their other partner's behaviors and not personalize it. So let's say Joel is having an off day and he's not mm-hmm. engaging a lot. He's Never feeling a little happens. distant. Never happens. He's mm. perfect. Uh, they'll see that and they'll say, oh, well, I, Joel's just having an off day. Mm. And they make sure that, you know, I have a comic strip waiting for him. Could a um, avoidant person uh, trick a secure person? Uh, they're, they're being avoid, avoidant. They're kind of aloof and, and whatever. But the secure person is just like, oh, they're just having a lot of off days. You know, they're allowed to be all avoidant and... and well, the secure know. person is going to know that they want a partner who is more present in their life, so they won't stick around. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they're secure, not just relationally, but in and of themselves. Exactly, yes. They're just a well-adjusted person. That's right. And they're really good at protecting their own boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Don't mess with them. No, don't mess with them. They're the They're the best people. Well... Um, we all want to be a secure person. Ideally, yeah. And I think this is a good time to talk about codependency as well. Why? Well, because our first question kind of touched on this idea that you wanted to fix your partner's problems right. instead of just let them sit with negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about you know the need to take space and the uncertainty of how to even broach that subject. Right. And codependency is a term that's bandied about all over the place right. right now. I feel like people maybe don't actually know what it means. I think it means that if uh, you're just two people that depend on each other um, equally, you know, uh, maybe some one person does the grocery shopping, the other person cooks the meal. One person, you know... You uh, would think. You would think. Is it, that not right? It's not right. Actually, codependency is a sort of negative condition. What? Yes, it's mm. true. Um, so it says definitions of codependency can vary... But one of the core characteristics of codependency is an excessive reliance on other people for approval and a sense of identity. So it means that in the context of relationship, you begin to define yourself completely and utterly by the relationship with the other person. Uh, And codependency can be particularly problematic if you're dealing with people who have like addiction issues uh, because your whole life as a codependent partner becomes centered around them and their needs and what they need and want. And there you, you actually kind of give up on any sense of your own needs in those contexts. So let's just imagine that like I'm obsessed with popsicles. Like I love popsicles. There's nothing (laughs) I want more than a popsicle. Um, You know, my, the person that, I'm codependent on 
will just constantly be making popsicles. Is that the idea? That's or right. That's like, absolutely right. And they, they're like... Like maybe they had a, a boutique chocolate shop yeah. at one point and mm-hmm. really loved doing that. Right. But now all they can do is make you the popsicles. They're just obsessed with making yeah. popsicles too. Yeah. So that becomes a problem for them. That's they're like right. addicted to making popsicles yeah. where like all the different flavors flavors of popsicles. And I can't even keep up. Like I love popsicles, but I can't even keep up with their popsicle making. Like I'm eating the popsicles. At this point, I can't even suck the popsicles, right? I'm just like I'm munching on. Like it hurts my teeth. My teeth are like it. You know that feeling? It's horrible. And you're just like crunching on these popsicles and they're going, I need the popsicle container that you put the popsicles into. You know that it's like a bunch of little fingers. A popsicle reservoir. Yeah. You, I need more of those. You got to finish those popsicles because I, I have another batch of popsicles. More, there's more grape here. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't even – grape's not my favorite. Eat those cherry. I got to get more grape in there. I've got like nine more popsicle reservoirs in the freezer. And so everyone's just eating and making popsicles constantly and they can't do anything else. Yeah. That's a codependent relationship. That is a, that's a very fine example of codependency mm. right there. And the other and that that the popsicle makers is, is like, man, I wish I could make like a nougat chocolate mm-hmm. because that was what they used to yep. do. You know, I kind of miss the person I was. The per- person I was in the even though they're disgusting like the orange chocolates, mm-hmm. you know, or there's so many gross why don't we, chocolate is good enough on its own. Like, why are you adding, like, I get it. Like <laughs> put some hazelnut in there, put some uh, almond in there maybe, but don't go crazy. Oh, but you should go crazy with chocolate. Why not? Well, I'd, chocolate, but why put all that crap in the middle of it? That's all I, that's all. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So we know where you stand. And by the, can I just say this? Can we stop with the coconut? Can we keep coconut? And chocolate out, out of Ugh. each other's spheres? I like that combination. No, it's garbage. Why? You know, and you should be willing to sacrifice your ever having that so that no one has to accidentally uh, experience it. Okay. You know, so here's the thing. If you want to be in a healthy relationship, you're going to have your own stash of coconut chocolate that you can enjoy when you're in the tub alone, getting a break from your partner. Well, that's fine right? as adults, but- and I, this doesn't apply to anything we've been talking about. But when I was <laughs> this a kid, is not remotely relevant in any capacity. <laughs> but when I was a kid, my grand, grandparents brought us over full-size chocolate bars. And as a kid, of course, a full-size chocolate bar is great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there were seven of us, um, and we all got a pick of these seven chocolate bars. There were seven different chocolate bars. And I don't know how it ended up, but I got the freaking bounty bar. Okay, the worst of all chocolate bars in the world. And I tried it and I hated it. Do you guys agree that Bounty is the worst chocolate in the world? I'd be very curious about this because I actually quite like them. I think it's the worst thing. And I I feel like just so this never happens to anyone else, they should eradicate all Bounty bars and all coconut-based chocolate candies. Yeah, just so that the next little me that's out there in the world and they have to pick... Of one because nobody wanted the bounty bar. I guess I know what I'm stuffing in your stocking this year. <laughs> you give me anything coconut, and this podcast is over. If if anyone if they're like, whatever happened to uh, I do and I don't show? It was cat gave me something with coconut, and even worse if you don't tell me and then I eat it. Oh, because I so, will like, be spitting that back in your face. Those chocolate macaroons are your nightmare, then, right? Ugh, it's all Haystacks. garbage. It's so and the texture, like the taste, is one thing. The texture, and by the way, I like a fresh piece of coconut. Mm-hmm. But like not the not when it's made like that. Anyway, th- we've sort of devolved. codependency, popsicles, chocolate. 
we've covered a lot of things, but I think this idea of taking space in relationship is super important. Mm-hmm. And I know this wasn't exactly a marriage question. This person's not married yet. It's only right. seven months, but this is a huge conversation to have before you start moving in with people, for example, or right. like thinking of mm-hmm. getting married. You have to know how much each person wants to spend on their own versus together. It, it's really um, indicative of the larger problem of people not expressing themselves, sometimes not even knowing thine self, Mm -hmm. to express what they want and what they need in a relationship. And what you, what I've noticed, you know, even in my short, sweet, innocent life, (laughs) (laughs) is that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be in relationships where people are sort of trying to feel you out and it's there, it's almost like they're going down a dark hallway where they're feeling their way through you mm-hmm. going, what does this person want? How can I please them? What's the, the secret of, of, uh, keeping this person happy and staying together and stuff. And they forget, oh, but what is it that I want? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been eating all these disgusting bounty bars, but I, I never even liked coconut in the first place, you know? But they're doing it because you love coconut. You know what I mean? Yeah. You love that. And coconut chocolate, that combo is amazing to you, even though it's garbage. And everyone <laughs> else knows it's garbage, cat. So get over it. Anyway. Let's just say, though, that I don't love coconut chocolate. Okay. Like, if you want to bombard me with chocolate, it's going to be like a salted caramel situation. Okay, well, then why defend it? Well, like, why not, not just horrible. let go of it? No, let go of it. <laughs> I don't think anyone, if anyone loves coconut and chocolate, please comment on, you know, somewhere, Instagram, we're (laughs) we're on Instagram and Facebook, uh, uh, I do and I don't show. Let us know uh, publicly so that we can stone you or something. (laughs) But um, yeah, so by the end of, they get down this uh, dark hallway, they've, 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 you know, figured you out, you're pleased as punch and then they go oh i never this isn't where i want to be yeah you know and that was i mean this is why uh, all these relationships this isn't the only reason but this is <laughs> your <laughs> relationship this is why we figured it out <laughs> all relationships fail they all because... fail because people don't just express themselves and they're just honest and they go you know this really bothers me it's shocking how challenging communication can be mm-hmm and and you know some I think a lot of people probably go, I I'm okay with coconut and chocolate. Like I'm okay I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know I'll I'll do it I'll do it so that because I really admire this person or I I'm really attracted to them or they smell real good. You know, but hmm, if you be really true to yourself, yeah, be really like brutally true to yourself in a relationship and uh, you may be alone for the rest of your life but that's okay (laughs) because you won't have to eat coconut and chocolate and uh, to me that's worth it that's our three questions have we answered all our questions (laughs) we have answered three questions for this episode we've talked a bit about attachment we've talked a bit about codependency I feel like we've done our due diligence in helping people shape their relationships and if you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oof, these people really know what they're talking about, then you are way wrong. You <laughs> do not know. You have never heard real advice because this is nonsense. <laughs> um, but if you want us to uh, stumble around uh, through your problems, send us a message. Send us a, a question to I do and I don't show at gmail.com. 
That was I do and I don't show at gmail.com. Did I mumble it? A Did bit. I? I do not don't show at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, send us a question. Kat's going to read it. It's going to be anonymous. You don't have anything to worry about. She hasn't told me, like, I, off air, I'll, uh, air. We're on, we're on the air. We're live. Off podcast, I've said, can you please tell me who this person is or that person if they've asked questions, salacious questions that interest me? She says, no, I will not tell you who anyone is, uh, you dirty dog. And she's being playful, but I know that there's some truth behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to send us those messages. You can even send them to our Instagram, I do and I don't show, or Facebook. Um, Kat's going to be compiling those and we'll have answers for you. We sure will. In the meantime, give us a follow on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play app, whatever. I don't know. I don't, or Spotify. Uh, or Spotify. Some people listen to podcasts on Spotify. Who knew? Yeah. Um, what else should people rate us? Yeah. Give write us a review. We've been loving these reviews. They're, They're the best. They're so, um, so kind and... Um, you know, I don't know. I don't think we deserve them, but um, I think I do. Yeah, Cat probably does. <laughs> but somebody said it was quirky in one of the reviews. Quirky. So. There's an understatement. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's been great, and uh, we'll be back next Monday with another episode. Uh, so until then, we should have a great sign off. Like we should keep kissing each other. That's for, not like, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, how about um, stay in love? Or like, stay committed. Stay committed. Your marriage is definitely going to last, even though like half these questions aren't even (laughs) marriage questions anymore. Um, From Kat and I, uh, you know, stay together for the kids. We already said that. We said not to do that. Don't do that. Um, Uh, Good luck. Yeah. You're going to need it. (laughs) You're going to need it. Relationships suck. All right. Have a good week. Mm -hmm.